Welcome to Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and I'm your host. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Fides is Latin for faith and truth, and that's what we do on this show is talk about truth and talk about faith. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, the great song that you're hearing in the background is my friend Frank Camp. You could find him on Spotify. Great song. This song is called Heaven Can Wait. But thanks for being here, and let's get right to it. Hello and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. I am Jerry Serino and I'm your host and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. Hey, um, how many of you out there love your wives? And how many ladies out there uh, love your life and want it to be empowering and want it to be joyful and full of life? Well, hopefully all of you do. And today my guest, Alex DeRose, is here to talk about all the things that she does to empower women to live a more joyful, empowering life and motherhood. Alex, thanks for being here. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I love the work you're doing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. So, um, so tell, so I, I, in in preparing for you to come on my show, I did a lot of research. I listened to some of your talks, and you know, you've been on other other podcasts, and, and you know, really great stuff. Um, so, so tell me about your sort of mission or your experience. So you started off uh, going to nursing school and you kind of discovered a lot of things about um, women's health care and things like that. So so tell me your story. Oh, sure. Thank you, Jerry. Yes. So so I um, am the oldest of eight kids. And so I grew up um, in a, uh, you know, a, a big Catholic family and was very passionate about, you know, just being pro-life and the, all of those values kind of from childhood. Um, and then when I went to, so when I went to nursing school, um, I was my first kind of interaction in, in terms of a little bit of the cultural atmosphere there where when it came to um, most of my peers and what they were experiencing in, in terms of just the culture in college, a lot of the atmosphere of, you know, women, sexual pro promiscuity, um, just a lot of that going on. And um, as a nurse, you know, a lot of my friends would come to me just for their own, you know, girlfriend medical questions. And what I've, what I realized was so many of the, their issues were coming down to, of course, you know, kind of a lot of the sexual things that were going on, but a lot of that was tied to these women being on the birth control pill. And, um, so it triggered me into, and I personally was never on the birth control pill, never had a reason to, you know, was also, um, you know, pretty passionate about, waiting for marriage. And so though with all of that combined, um, I started questioning these women and just, you know, do you, what is, what is your reasoning for going on the pill? Even if you're, you know, not using it for contraception and just really found a, ma a majority overwhelmingly amount of women who were really just taking the pill without, without many knowledge about what it was doing to their body. So that kind of started my, um, empowerment in my college years where I was, you know, convincing a lot of my friends to, you know, you really don't need to be taking this pill. There's other things you can be doing for your health. And so that's, that all started in those younger years. And I started doing a lot of my own research. And then as I um, got married and um, started having my own family and went to graduate school um, for a nurse practitioner, I also noticed that climate of, you know, a lot of um, a lot of push on, you know, taking the birth control pill as an option in women's healthcare. 
um, along with a lack of knowledge about, you know, just pro-life options, fertility awareness. And so um, this kind of really fueled my fire even more. And, um, and like I said, you know, within my own marriage, I was also making decisions of, you know, not using contraception. And so I had a lot of different knowledge bases to go off. And that's at that point in graduate school is when I also found NAPRA technology, which we can talk about. So my, my mission and my message is just a lot about as a, a woman, especially in these, in this culture of just, you know, the empowerment of knowledge and knowing what she can choose for her body, the, the options that are out there for her and, um, and just the, the, really the positive um, message that you can have for surrounding women's health care in general. So, so the modern day feminists should love you because you're pro-choice, exactly. right? You're, you're, exactly. you're pro <laughs> the true pro-choice exactly. where you're actually given actual information allowed to make a choice. So exactly, Jared. exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, um, so, so I'm not a woman, obviously. Well, in today's age, I, I guess I could be and change tomorrow. Who knows? Who knows? But, um, um, but I'm, I'm obviously not a woman. Um, there are probably a lot of women out there and men, I, I, I suppose, that, that take a look at, at, at birth control and, and there's um, the pill or whatever and look at it in two perspectives. One is a religious standpoint. As Catholics, you and I have a religious belief in, in not using contraception. We'll talk about that in a second. The other side is a medical side. And you know, when you're putting something in your body, any kind of medication, whether it's blood pressure medication, whether it's allergy, anything, you want to know what you're doing to your body. So let's separate the sort of religious or moral side of, of birth control and look at the medical side. And what are the things that people, that women, men, you know, who were concerned about their daughters or their, their spouses should know about oral contraception? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a great question because there's there's so much of a lack of knowledge surrounding that. Um, the first thing I would say is it's the the chemicals within the birth control pill are actually by the World Health Organization noted as a group one carcinogen. So it's it's there's a lot of toxic chemicals you know that are in these pills. It's not they're not natural hormones. So a group one carcinogen is actually in the same category as tobacco. <laughs> so you know this is really this is not just, you know, you're, you're taking a vitamin. It's a really um, powerful medication and it, it doesn't just shut down a woman's ovulation. It affects all of it's, it's a, a artificial estrogen and progesterone. So, you know, estrogen and progesterone are hormones within the woman's body that affect not only her ovaries, but also her heart, also her mood, also, you know, a lot of different things in a woman's body. So that alone is a great starting point that I'd like to bring up. And, you know, you can read that just on the in, insert of a pill package. So, you know, it's common knowledge. Um, and so there's a lot of different side effects that can surround, you know, even bone health, um, heart health, a lot of different things. So that's kind of, that's usually a starting point. And um, the the good news it, that that I try to, to bring up is that it you, you wanna really ask the question of why and, and a lot of women really don't always know the why. So the pill is commonly prescribed for many other reasons, other not just for contraception. It's the go-to medication for a lot of gynecological issues. You know, um, women having painful periods, PCOS, I mean, uh, endometriosis, it's a really go-to medication for a lot of 
um, diagnosis. And um, what it's doing is it's not really getting to the underlying cause of what, what the woman is seeking care for, even something like acne, you know, um, that's commonly prescribed for acne as well. And, and all of those things, the mechanism of action for treatment is really to shut down and suppress what's really going on. So usually at those two starting points, I can really hook, hook someone in to say, okay, there's, let's talk more deeply about those things. And most people are really open to knowing well, what are my other options? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, that's really great. And I, I, I would imagine most people don't know about that or, or certainly aren't talked to about that. Um, you know, I think about, you know, medicine that I might take, you know, there's, you have to weigh, and you know, this as a, as a nurse, you know, weigh the, the pros with the cons. In other words, you know, a perfectly healthy person isn't going to take blood pressure medication if, and until their blood pressure gets to a point where it's very dangerous. Right. And then, then it's worth the risk of any kind of side effects that uh, blood pressure medication might have. So same thing here. So, so um, what can you tell me about the, the links? I, I've heard this, I don't know anything about it, um, of, of oral contraception, the pill or whatever it's, I guess it would be referred to and breast cancer or, or other things that I have may, may, and again, I have no idea if there's any linkage, is there linkage? And if so, what is it? Yeah, that, that's a really, that's a tough one because a lot of the uh, mainstream literature is not, is really kind of downplays that linkage um, because then it wouldn't be a booming business. And that's another thing that, you know, <laughs> unfortunately that what this really comes down to is it's, it's, a, it's the, in the same kind of mindset of, um, you know, IVF treatments like that. It's really, it's a really big business driven, um, medication. And so a lot of that linkage between, you know, really bad side effects and, you know, cancer causing agents is, is harder to find. Um, but it's, it, there's definitely out there and, um, and I can send you some, you know, for your show notes, like after this, I don't have any off the top of my head, like what specific websites there are, but I know that there was um, a doctor, a few doctors who did some really great research studies about, you know, the linkage between um, breast cancer and um, oral contraceptives. Okay. No, that's great. Um, so, so if you're, if you're someone who, who is seeing a doctor and what kinds of questions would you ask them, you know, to, if they're, you're, you're going down that route or you're thinking that, that this is what you need, you know, rather than just accepting what the doctor says and says, here, take this contraception or whatever, the pill, whatever. Um, what kinds of questions would you ask that doctor? Well, I definitely would want the woman to first know why she's taking it and, um, and what, what it, what's the mechanism, mechanism of action, what it's doing to her body. So, you know, a lot of women, like I said, they kind of are like, oh, my, my doctor recommended the pill. And they truly don't know why they're, why they're taking it. So you, you want to know why am I taking this? What is it doing to my body? That would be a first question. Um, you know, definitely ask about side effects, you know, what, what are going to be some of the side effects that I'm going to experience. And then also um, always, this is the, probably one of the most important questions is what are my alternatives? You know, what are my other options? Um, because that's, that's the biggest um, question that, that I'm really passionate about informing women on. And that's where we get into the NAPRA technology side. Because um, there are, for every single treatment, as every single treatment that is that is treated with the pill in, in mainstream medicine, um, NAPRA technology has an alternative treatment that 
you know, will aim to get to the underlying cause instead of just kind of, you know, band-aiding and suppressing what the woman is being treated for. Um, so that is really, really good news. And, and women are, you know, smart and women are, you know, want to be empowered. Like, and so when we can talk about it in a positive sense of, you know, well, don't you, would you, would you like to know all of your options? You know, I mean, rarely is a woman going to not want that. And, and if they are, if their reason is for contraception, it's, it's a kind of a different, um, a different, um, conversation. And even in that there's really good news because, um, um, you know, we have highly effective, especially now in our day and age, it's not like we're using the rhythm method for NFP, you know, in this modern age, we have highly scientific, highly effective, uh, fertility awareness methods. So there's two different, you know, if she's using it for a contraceptive, I would talk to her about that. And if she's using it for a women's health, I would go the NAPRO route. Okay. Okay. Very good. Um, okay. So you had talked, you, you threw out some words that some may know and some may not, um, NAPRO, NAPRO technology, NFP, natural family planning, so on and so forth. Um, so explain what that is as it is an alternative to, you know, contraception and how that works. Yes, this is great. And so really there, there's two different things I would answer. So if the woman is going on the birth control pill, like I said, for a medical reason, um, then I would, what I would do is introduce her to this, what we call NAPRO technology. So it stands for natural procreative technology. And so we call it NAPRO. Um, and really this is something that every woman should know as an option. It's, it's a really a pro-life approach to, um, natural procreative. It's a women's health science that is targeted to identify and treat the underlying causes of women's health and work cooperatively with her body, as opposed to, you know, suppressing like, or grouping around a woman's body, which is what the birth control pill or IVF does. Um, and so it was started by a pro-life doctor a few decades ago, and it's been advanced and advanced and, um, their OBGYN, OBGYN physicians, and then also nurses, uh, nurse practitioners, nurse midwives who go through a special training to learn how to treat women's health and infertility, PCOS, all of that um, with this kind of pro-life approach. And there's, there's a lot that goes into it, but that, that's what the, that's what I would um, start with. And then for the other side, if a woman is taking the pill for contraceptive reasons, we would talk to her about um, fertility awareness methods, which goes under the same umbrella of natural family planning. Natural family planning is mostly a term that we use within our, within the church. And you know, what that kind of stand, what, what it, both of those uh, natural family planning or NFP, what that kind of is um, explaining to the couple and the women is basically what we're doing is working along with the woman's fertility, with her natural fertility cycles and, and identifying when in the month she's fertile and infertile. And then using those specific times, you know, for sexual intimacy in terms of, you know, making a baby or not making a baby. Um, and then fertility awareness is basically the practice of a woman understanding the signs of her fertility and, and applying that to uh, some type of charting and understanding that. Yeah. So, so it's basically, it's, it's, it's bringing about the same sort of desired outcome of, um, of saying, you know, I, I'm not ready to have another child for various reasons. And there are legitimate reasons, uh, you know, to, to need to hold off. Um, and, and then you're doing so naturally 
without putting any drugs in your body and doing anything artificial. Oh, exactly. Yes. It's yeah. basically raising that awareness. And I would say, you know, most women are, are, you know, it's very unfortunate because, you know, you can even go have a woman go through nursing school and, you know, come out and really not understand the the signs of her body. She really doesn't know when she's fertile, when she's not, it's really not, really not taught well in any of the education systems, not even, like I said, through nursing school or even through medical school. So um, it's not like general knowledge that most women have a good understanding of, of this. So when it, like I said, that word empowerment is something we usually really try to drive in that this is, you know, not just like an old church teaching. This is something that's very empowering for a woman to understand her body and not have to, like you said, put a pill in, in her body and she can make her own decisions based on what she's aware of. Right. Right. Yeah. Great. Okay. So we talked about sort of the medical side. Um, let's look at the sort of, um, I don't want to use the word religious or, or I don't know if that's the right word, but let's look at the other side, the other side of, of not utilizing artificial birth control, I guess, whatever that is, it could be male birth control, I guess. Um, and, and, and I think that, that the birth control issue, uh, including, um, uh, vasectomies and things like that, that the church is against, I think probably if you were to take a poll that even Catholics who don't believe in artificial birth, birth control, well, that's the, that's the belief that probably the vast majority don't adhere to it or don't say, I don't believe it anyway. So, for those listening, whether they're Catholic, Christian, or they're nothing, talk about the sort of like moral or, again, I, you 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 use the right words because you're you're obviously better than this. Talk about the other side of of it. Oh yeah, no this 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 is so great. I mean, it's so it's so hard to only have a short time to go into it. So you know, I, I would say have them reach out to me because I you know we can go in depth and um, in depth with this question, but. But really, Jerry, I mean, you know, if, if understanding this, and this is something that can kind of be a, a hard for Catholics to grapple with too, because a lot of these things, it seems very like a stringent rule that we're following that, you know, okay, we have to follow these rules. And so now God is saying not to do this, you know, and we know that that's not what it is at all. God loves our body. He loves our sexuality. He loves, you know, every, all the creation. And so um, embracing these church teachings is healthier and happier for the woman and for the couple. And so it's not something that is, you know, like a, almost like a purity culture or almost like a, um, a stringent thing. I just want people to know from the get-go that this is something that is better for them when they choose to, um, to the, the way, the reason the church is guide is guiding us in this way and that God has guided us in this way. So I think the the heart of the issue is I would recommend people looking into what we call the theology of the body. Because when you, if you can understand, you know, how are both, how are male and female, how we were created. And, you know, if you have a really heart issue into that, it really helps to embrace and understand that these, these teachings of being quote unquote against birth control, or you know, it's not, it's not the, the reasoning and the rationale is a lot, lot deeper. And it's really a beautiful, beautiful teaching. And, you know, you, if you, you interview couples, if you talk to women who embrace this teaching, this way of life, you know, they are, they are happier, their marriages are thriving. Um, 
And so, you know, I think that that's, it's a really tricky thing to just answer it quickly. Uh, there's a lot. In it. No, no, no. Thank you for that. And I, and I agree, I mean, especially when you bring up theology of the body, some listen, some listening might know what that is. Some, some don't, it is not um, a simple, simple conversation because it really takes, has to take into account the full understanding of, of yourself as an individual and, and, you know, and what a marriage is and so on. And um, it is very deep and certainly um, yes, people should look into that and um, follow you as well. Um, and can get a lot of great information. Okay. So, um, I, I want to get a, a little bit controversial maybe, well, not really, but, um, so, so the world today s says that we need abortion. We need women need, you know, contraception. Women don't need men, right. That if you do have a child, you have four, um, that you're a sellout to womanhood, right? The, the, the feminists, you're not able to be a CEO or whatever the case may be, or a Supreme Court justice, right? So, you, you know, how, how do you respond to that um, from your perspective of, of the life issue overall? Because you obviously speak on um, pro-life issues just in general, and this is a pro-life issue with all that we've just talked about. Um, you know, how do you how do you talk about that from the standpoint of a feminist? Because realistically, you're a feminist. My wife's a feminist. Right. Absolutely. No, this is oh, Jerry, this is so, so great. I mean, it's it's such a cry of the modern woman and there's so much confusion and there's so much confusion when it comes to attack on feminists and you know feminism and what it means to be a woman i mean it's it just it completely a confusion and what what i would say to those what i would say to those women is um, it all comes back to knowledge and empowerment you know i mean i, I would get one on one with it to a woman's heart and, you know, I would love to just sit down and we'll have coffee and talk deeply about this. But, um, you know, on a podcast talking about it, I would say encourage women to research and empower themselves with knowledge. Because if you go back to the roots of feminism, even, you know, what we're calling this feminism of that comes out with contraceptive, you know, that was started by who, you know, when you really get into who this was started by, you know, this was started by, you know, people who, you know, hate, did not like women, you know, and did not like what a, a woman's body stood for. I mean, there's a lot of evil roots in, in the whole beginning of this feminist movement, um, even when it comes to, you know, birth control and uh, main characters like Margaret Sanger, for who people associate her with, you know, a positive face with Planned Parenthood. And it's like, if you, if women really start researching, what was, what was Margaret Sanger's ideology, read some of her works. I mean, they're very dark and her, you know, she wanted to kind of eliminate certain ethnic groups in the population. And um, so there's, there's a lot of, of history. And so I think for women nowadays and a woman who's might just embracing that, you know, oh yeah, my body, I want to make my own decisions. Um, there's a lot of confusion and the, the messaging is just very confusing. And so I would say that there's hope for women to quickly turn the cold, the, the, quickly turn. And this is why we see a huge movement toward fertility awareness and a huge movement of getting women getting off the pill because once they have that knowledge, once they understand, you know, what things are doing to their body, they're like I said, they're very smart and they, they'll make their own decisions. 
Um, and um, so, so I would say, you know, kind of starting with those points are, are really, really helpful. Um, yeah. You know, what's funny to me is the, these, these feminists and, and it's really leftists, leftists right. um, who, who are, I don't think that they realize how much they're actually putting down women because what they're saying is you can't do this. You can't really, you can't, you can't face adversity. You can't have a child. I, I work with people that have children and they're super successful. Right. And, and you're, you're doing great things. You know, my wife, we have eight as as we were talking about beforehand and she's a, a online teacher. And, um, you know, we were talking, we mentioned uh, Amy Coney Barrett, you know, Supreme court justice, where is this notion that women are so lousy, I guess, that they can't multitask they can't have a baby and do other things in life and of course they can it's so disgusting to me um it really is and it's 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 such a shame it's very very sad it, it is it, it it's yeah it, it, there's there's a lot that we can say and we can go we, we could talk for hours on that that topic in particular and maybe i will um sometimes so um okay so so we talked about a lot of really really great things and there's a lot more um of what you do and what you talk about. You have a great blog um, called the Joy Mama blog. And it's it's um, encouraging, educating, empowering you for joyful motherhood. So give us a quick blurb about that and then where um, everyone can find you. Obviously they can find you on the joymamablog.com, um, but other places they can find you. Oh, thank you, Jerry. Yes. And 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 really this whole notion of, you know, being a, in a joyful woman and embracing this, it's almost like a true feminist where women are, we are making our own choices and we're having our own knowledge. And once a woman understands all of that, she, she is living out more of her joy. It's joy. You know, you, you end up becoming, um, happier and you, you become, um, you know, more fulfilled in your, um, in your role as a mom and a wife and whatever else it is that you're called to do. And if you, you look at some of these, you know, women who are identifying themselves as feminists now, you know, there's so much anger and there's so much, um, opposite of joy. And so I think that the whole idea of, you know, um, encouraging women and in, you know, having the joy of the gospel, um, is something that I'm, that I'm really passionate about. And, um, a lot of what I, that, like I said, it's a lot of talking about, you know, incorporating these pro-life um, roots, incorporating a lot of education and, you know, having women to make the decisions for themselves um, and then just kind of meeting them where they are and giving them um, encouragement through the faith and through the tools that they're able to choose in their daily lives. So that's pretty empowering stuff. Um, it doesn't sound like it's, uh, it's for, uh, for today's feminists, uh, modern day feminists, but it is very feminist and pro woman and, uh, empowering. So that's great. So again, joymamablog.com. Um, check oh, her yeah. out. I do. I, I've been hanging out um, a lot on Instagram lately and that has been, so, um, so definitely, you know, that's been a, that's been a great way to connect. And, um, so yes, yeah, so people, my hashtag is just my name on Instagram. It's Alexandra DeRose. 
Okay. Yes, absolutely. Check her out. Um, I, I follow you on, on uh, Instagram as well. I'm getting better and better at Instagram. My sister has to help me sometimes um, with it. I'm, I'm a lot older than you guys, but, um, but, but uh, Alex, thanks so much. This was really great, really informative. You really taught a guy a lot of stuff about women. So I, now I know my wife better uh, 20 years later. Um, but, but, uh, this was really fantastic. I, I really, uh, enjoyed talking with you again, joymamablog.com. Thanks a ton for being here. Thank you so much, Jerry. Okay. My pleasure. And thank, thank all of you for uh, being here for this episode of Fides podcast. Check out all my podcasts and all the different podcast apps. Check me out on uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. You can see all the YouTube videos of these podcasts. And uh, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on rightamericamedia.com. I am on for some of my episodes there. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. I know.